here we go. Uh, this is episode six of Paper Cut for March 22nd, 2021. Welcome to episode six of Paper Cut, the Nyack Libraries podcast. Um, and happy Women's History Month. Um, our guest today is Paula Sable. Um, I'm going to introduce Paula. She works in the circulation department at the library for definitely more than 10 years, although I'm not sure the exact number. Staff member third, our third staff member to be on our podcast. So thank you, Paula, for joining us. Um, I'm Georgia Grandstaff. I'm Rosemary Farrell. I'm Tracy Dunstan. Hi, ladies. <laughs> Hi, Paula. Hey, Paula. Hello. <laughs> Uh, this episode is all about fictional historic women detectives. Okay, Paula, so we want to hear all about you. Um, <laughs> want to tell a little bit about yourself? Oh, there's, okay. Uh, I have been at the library more than 10 years. I've been at the library for 12 years, and I enjoy being at the desk with the public most of the time. And I also do some other things. I buy the mysteries for the library, which is probably why I'm here today. Mm -hmm. And I also am on the programming committee and a few other odds and ends. I um, have done a lot of other things in my life, uh, none of which I will bore anybody with, but this mm -hmm. is definitely one of the most fun. Mm -hmm. So I'm happy to be here today. And I am going to talk about women detectives, mostly in books, but we'll probably discuss TV shows and movies as well mm -hmm. toward the end. Um, a little introduction about what I learned and some of the things that I already knew. The um, first real female detective was a woman whose name was Kate Warren, and she became a Pinkerton detective in the 1850s. And through the course of her career, which was very difficult because of course she had a lot of opposition. She actually met Abraham Lincoln and worked with Mr. Pinkerton and the other detectives in a lot of different ways. And someone had written a book about her a few years ago, which is called Girl in Disguise. Mm -hmm. Now, what I found really interesting was that this book has a connection to the Nyack Library, strangely oh. enough. Ooh, because ooh. <laughs> during the, I know, right? During the course of the story, it's a fictionalized account, but still, it's kind of cool. Kate and a friend of hers go to hear a speaker whose name is Olive Oatman. And Olive Oatman had been abducted by Native Americans when she was a young girl. Subsequently, one of our patrons, Margot Mifflin, wrote a book about her called The Blue Tattoo. Yes, she did. Because she had a tattooed <laughs> face. So I thought that was kind of cool. Anyway, moving on, there were a ton of women detectives in the 19th century, written by contemporary writers, some of them, but some of them were written back then as well. A lot of them were sort of Sherlockian in that they were Sherlock's wife, Sherlock's daughter, Sherlock's sister, Sherlock, uh, who pretended to be Sherlock, mm -hmm. and a lot of different ones um, kind of were given license to do detective work because they connected to Sherlock Holmes somehow. So that was really um, interesting to find out, and there are many of them. Moving into the 20th century, my first exposure to a female detective was Nancy Drew. And 
a lot of girls read Nancy Drew. Nancy Drew was originally published in 1930 in conjunction with the Hardy Boys. And I read it much later. I'm not quite that old, but uh, it was very, you know, it was fun. And they're still being written today under uh, one person's name, but it's a bunch of people who write them. So that's, uh, and the, the other most well-known, I think, of all the detectives in the 20th century is probably Miss Marple, the Agatha Christie, who is um, often referred to as a spinster. And so that they actually came up with something called the spinster sleuth, which was this kind of pattern that they developed of people who couldn't possibly have somebody romantic in their lives because they were too busy detecting. So that's our Miss Marple. Many more writers came up with very popular series that were taking place in different areas. There's one that's based in New York that's very popular, Victoria Thompson's series. That also is a 19th century character who comes from aristocracy, but actually works as a midwife uh, in the tenements of New York. And a lot of these books, her books and other books, they work into the stories, the current social situations. So they talk about the politics, the economics, the classes, a lot of different things come into play in all of these novels, which I found really interesting. It's not really just about the particular murder or mystery that they're dealing with. That was kind of a cool thing. And there's a lot of them. There's Rosemary, I think you like Molly Murphy. Molly Murphy, yeah, that's the um, the Irish immigrant. Oh, yeah, yeah. Series, that's that's a good one. There's that's a lot cool. of them that are popular. Macy yep. Dobbs is like just prior to World War II and then mm-hmm. World War II. Uh, there, are, there are a ton. Isn't Jeanette Winspear, aren't her books sort of mysteries or no? Yeah, Jacqueline Winspear. Jacqueline Winspear, yeah. Yeah. She's really popular. She actually, the character Maisie Dobbs starts out in the series as a maid in a wealthy person's house. Mm -hmm. And her employer realizes how intelligent and intuitive she is. And she kind of pays to have her trained and she becomes this detective. And a lot of that goes through the World War One into World War II. A lot of a lot of different time passes through that series. One of my faves, Franny Fisher, who is an Australian character and is a real free spirit in every sense of the word. And Franny? Franny, P-H-R-Y-N-E, TV series about her. Oh, interesting. And she's a fashion plate and she sleeps with whoever she feels like sleeping with. And she's very bright and she carries a little gun and she's like a real cool woman. So that's one of my favorite ones. And you said that's a TV, that's a TV series? A TV what? series, yep. Yeah, uh, Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries. Okay. That sounds like fun. Like it is it. fun. It's a fun. They did make a movie last year or the year before, which was not very good, but the TV mm-hmm. show was fun. Do you, so like you order the mystery novels? Yes. And you're talking about like older detectives and newer yes. detectives. Do you read a lot of them? No. <laughs> Actually, I'm not a big mystery reader. I did read some for this. I I do know what each book is about and I kind of flip through them, but it's not really in my in my wheelhouse as far as my interests are concerned. I sort of got the job to order mysteries through 
nobody else wanted to do it and sell it to them, you know, that kind of thing. But um, I do have a lot of contemporary ones as well and ones mm -hmm. that are closer to the present. So one other very interesting thing that I found, which is quite dishy, and some of you may know about this and some of you may not. There's a very popular writer who's got a series of books out where she doesn't necessarily have a, a single female, but she does have a couple who work together. She is Anne Perry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Anne Perry has written a ton of books. Mm -hmm. Now, Anne Perry is not this woman's real name. This woman's real name is Juliet Holm, H-U-L-M-E. When Juliet was a teenager, she and her best friend, Pauline, conspired and murdered Pauline's mother. Wow. And what happened was that they, Pauline's family was supposed to move away and they didn't want to be separated. So somehow in their little adolescent brains, they figured out if they got rid of mom, they'd be able to stay together. I don't know how they came to that conclusion, but they went to... <laughs> They went to some sort of incarceration for five years and then she changed her name and started writing books. So there oh, was a movie made about there it. There was a movie, yes. There was a movie, Heavenly Creatures with Kate That's Winslet. it. Yep. Kate Winslet. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great so, movie. That's a great it's movie. It's a pretty good, yeah, it's a creepy story, but that's that's uh, what happened to uh, Anne Perry. Wow. I did not know that about Anne Perry because she's pretty, obviously she's written gazillion Tons. books. She's yes. incredibly successful. I did not know that whole backstory. That's wild. Yes. I heard about that a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, I might as well just stick it in while I'm talking about <laughs> things. So, so there are a lot of contemporary ones who have these really, really awesome female detectives. They also have, I mean, I have a long, long list of, of contemporary writers. There are also women who are not technically detectives, but they're forensic specialists. Mm -hmm. So the person that they're dealing with used to get clues about what happened to them and they're already dead, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, so that would be like the Patricia Cornwell, Kay Scarpetta character and Kathy Reichs has uh, uh, Dr. Brennan, who's a forensic uh, anthropologist. Mm -hmm. Also a very popular genre in these detective stories, which almost always are women due to the nature of them. They're called cozies. And cozies are usually in, in taking place in like bakeries, coffee shops, bookstores, libraries, museums, that kind of thing. There's a lot of cats and dogs involved. <laughs> and they usually have recipes in them and they're kind of fun too. One genre that's very popular. There are a number, fairly recent, but some go back a little bit. Detectives who are women of color. I have a few of them. The most contemporary one that I can think of that I, is very popular was uh, the number one ladies detective agency, the mm -hmm. uh, Alexander McCall Smith book with uh, Precious Mamatswe. I don't know if I'm pronouncing her last name correctly, but there are some others that also incorporate female detectives or attorneys who do detecting work. So, and there are also some crossover ones, some women of color who are also lesbian women, lesbian women who are detectives. Uh, the most prolific would be Ellen Hart, 
and she does the Jane Lawless series. That is something that is also very available to people. I want to give honorable mention to a cartoon character whose name is Velma Dinkley. Does anybody know who Velma Dinkley is? Velma yes. is on Scooby-Doo. She's Correct. my my twin. <laughs> <laughs> well, Velma, I also found out something fun about Velma. Velma, uh -huh. of course, is very well-read. She's into all these esoteric things, mostly mysteries. Mm -hmm. And she's very observant and she figures out everything, you know, uh, while the rest of them kind of stand around and look dopey. <laughs> um, Velma was based, now I'm showing my age now. Velma was based on Zelda Gilroy, who was a character in the Dobie Gillis TV series way back in the 50s and 60s. Oh, wow. The Brainiac. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of fun to learn. Yeah, as, it, as a like bookworm Brainiac kid growing up with brown hair and glasses, Velma was who I related to most. Yes. My devotion to the Scooby-Doo. Like, well, there you go. So Daphne okay. was not, not in my, you know. No, no. <laughs> well, and then you turned out to be a um, well-read brainiac, just like Velma, except for the glasses. Yeah, I have contacts now. But. <laughs> oh, there you go. And I don't um, wear knee socks quite as much. No, you don't wear, <laughs> no, you don't wear the knee socks. Um, I did want to leave uh, this with one last thing, and I, I think this is really fun. Uh, in light of the recent news about royalty in Great Britain, mm -hmm. there is a brand new series that's just starting. The first book is called The Windsor Knot, and the main character is Queen Elizabeth II, who secretly solves crimes while carrying out her <laughs> royal duties. That's awesome. <laughs> so I've ordered that book for the library. I can't wait to look at it. That should be fun. That is pretty much a brief synopsis of all of my stuff that I learned about. Awesome. Thank you. That's great, Paul. I was thinking when you were talking about more modern series, there's Sarah Paretsky's novels too. Yes. V.I. Wachowski. Yes. Yeah, yeah. There's a those ton are, of them. Big. Yeah. I have a Janet Ivanovich, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Anne Cleves, who does the Vera. Vera Stanhope, which is also yeah. a TV series. Sue Grafton did the alphabet books. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think she passed away when she got to V or X. But yep. so there are there's no Z. Yeah, um, there's no Z. I think she got through to Y. I think Y, y was the last y, one. Yes. And then she um, passed away. Tess Gerritsen, her character is also Rizzolian Isles. That was a TV series. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's quite a few of them. That, that made it to the silver screen. Yeah. I always wonder about those series because I'm always very skeptical of any book series that has more than like five books. Like how, yes. how good could they be? And mm -hmm. I think that I, I tend to not read mystery. So I always wonder how good is the mystery? I don't, mm -hmm. I, you know, like I've, mm -hmm. I've never really read many of those books. Have you guys? Um, I've I read some of the Victoria Thompson, which is the older one. It's New York based. So it's murder in Central Park, Murder. The new one is Murder on Wall Street. There's there's like 30 of them. Mm -hmm. And I've read a couple of them. I haven't read all of them. But as I mentioned before, she works into the story, the current climate in terms of politics, class, women's rights, all kinds of things. So that kind of bulks it up. And they there is a mystery involved and they're, they're pretty decent. 
Uh, I think when you get a lot of volume from any particular writer, I won't name any names, but the initials are JP. (laughs) The book every three seconds. Yeah. I seriously believe that that person doesn't even write them. No, there's uh, no I way he could. Qualities. Mostly, I believe mm-hmm. that people read them just for a little entertainment and some kind of fluffy. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not really into the seriousness of yeah. anything. When they they're pretty comforting. Story. Yeah, they're comforting because yeah. you feel like you know the main character, too. So they're yes. it's like watching a TV show where you're obsessed with or. Exactly. You and look forward to spending time with these people, basically. Mm-hmm. And you see them evolve and you see them change mm-hmm. uh, their relationships and they age and they have kids or not, and they go in and out of jobs. And so it's just like real life kind of, mm-hmm. but it's somebody that you can just forget about what's going on in the world. And you have your own little book world that you're dealing with. So it wouldn't be, I'm, I, there are plenty of times that I start something, start a book and I'm like, I don't really like this. And so I don't even bother reading the whole thing because Obviously, I live here in a place where I can get a million books. Mm -hmm. So I agree, though, Georgia, that there are some that uh, are not really high quality. A lot of people don't care about that. They just want the escape. Yeah. As I get older, I I think I like those books more and more. Mm. (laughs) It's like I I think that like real life is too much sometimes. And I just want to read something that's nice and, you know, a good a nice story. (laughs) Exactly. It's escapism. Well, you already mentioned Nancy Drew. And like like Paula said, I I don't read a lot of mysteries, although the ones I do read, I tend to really enjoy. But it's never been one of my big genres in my life. But it's Nancy Drew was huge to me. I think it was fourth and fifth grade. And uh, my best friend and I would sort of race each other to try to get to read the whole series because they were all numbered. Yes. I remember, and they'd all be lined up on the library shelf all together next to the Hardy Boys. And one of the great frustrations of it was there was always a couple of numbers that were just impossible to find. And it would drive us crazy that we couldn't read every book in the series. Um, and I think Carolyn Keene is the name of the person who originally wrote them and is the conglomerate that still <laughs> churns them out. That's correct. They're still being yeah, published. Carolyn we Keene, have some. They are. And they still, they made TV shows and stuff. And recently I just started reading this Scottish writer. Her name is Denise Mina. And she has a series set in Glasgow for, uh, and the, the main uh, female detective, her name is Alex Morrow. And I'm really enjoying it so far. She's a, she's an excellent writer. I'm, I'm just sort of in the first quarter of the first book, but I've been reading about Denise Mina. She just seems like a really interesting person in general. So I decided to give this book a try. Um, Tana French, who has, she's Irish and she has uh, the Dublin Murder Squad books. Not all, I guess they're sort of a series but you don't have to read them in order. They, they, they each, each of her novels can stand alone, but there's um, recurring characters. Uh, and her female detective is Cassie Maddox. I really enjoy her books are also extremely well-written. And bonus fun fact, when I lived in Ireland years ago, my sister lived there as well. But we both live in Dublin and she was one of Tana French's roommates. So they were good friends <laughs> for a while and they still keep in touch. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Tan is a really cool person in general. Uh, And they also made, I forget which channel, it was FX maybe, there was a TV, standalone TV series based on the first two of the Dublin Murder Squad books, uh, In in the Woods and The Likeness. 
And uh, I really enjoyed it. Although some people were annoyed in the fact that they sort of took the first two books and sort of squished the plots together to make one series out of them instead of doing two separate series. But I, I thought it was- As really they well do. As, as they, they do. do, as they do. But it's they're, it's definitely really entertaining. It's worth checking out. Uh, let's see what else. Um, I do love good police procedural series. Generally, they tend to be British <laughs> for whatever reason. Broadchurch is fantastic. Um, Happy Valley is also a great show. I think these are both on Netflix. Um, Broadchurch has Olivia Coleman as one of the stars, and I just adore her. The Fall, which is set in Belfast and is, uh, I believe it stars, uh, Gillian, uh, Gillian or Gillian? Gillian Anderson is the main character, uh, the main actress in that. I really enjoy her. And also Top of the Lake, which I think is two, it might be two seasons, but um, it's set in New Zealand. Each season is a separate standalone kind of mystery, um, self-contained. And um, Jane Campion, who's a director I really love. I, I know she directed the first series. I'm not sure if she did the second. Yeah, so that the, that's what I was thinking of. I'm starting to read, I'm starting to read a little more mysteries, just partly during the pandemic, just to, you know, as we said, like escape, <laughs> escape yes. completely. I, and thrillers and things like that. Like I know that, oh, the I haven't watched the series yet, Behind Her Eyes, which is really popular right now on Netflix, but I read that book when it came out. It has this really sort of, some might say outlandish twist at the end. I love books that have a big twist and you can't figure, it eludes you until the very end. And uh, that one does, but I don't know if it, I really enjoyed the book. I know some people who are watching the series now who, who were just really, sort of angry <laughs> after the last episode and says like, what that's what it is this is insane it doesn't make any sense but anyway the book the book was really good I, I might watch the series and see what I think is is the twist in the series the same as the twist in the book I'm assuming so like I said I read the book Sarah Pinborough is the writer she's also British I believe and but I haven't watched the series I'm assuming it is because I don't see how they could have well I'm not going to say anything <laughs> But it, it was, it was good. It was, it was, the book was really entertaining. Wait, but why do channels like BBC create more content like that? Why like, do they? What, why do they? Why do, well, you said like a lot of them are British, a lot of these shows. That's and true, I noticed yeah. that too, but like, I wonder why, like, I wonder if it's a cultural thing. It might be. I mean, it's like the Scandinavian, there's a whole like world of Scandinavian noir novels and uh, mystery shows and police procedural shows that exist that you can find a lot of them are on Netflix I think because uh, I have a friend who's basically obsessed with them and you can you can spend all your free time watching and reading Scandinavian noir it, I'm sure it has something to do with culture when you think about Scandinavia it's you know dark most of the winter and sort of it's got that kind of vibe to it but yeah I think England it seems like they're very into their mysteries I mean, Agatha Christie. Agatha, wait, Agatha Christie, English or is she American? I should know this, but no. I don't. Do you know Paula? I believe she's British. She's British. Okay. I believe so. I'm not sure. She had her own little mystery. She disappeared. Yes, yeah, she did. Time. And yeah. um, apparently was holed up in a hotel having a great time. All by <laughs> While we were talking about English, I totally forgot that one of my all-time favorites, which I will never watch again because I don't want my bubble to burst, was mm. The Avengers with Emma Peel. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was not really a detective. She was like an industrial spy or something, but the coolest woman ever on television. Mm -hmm. Next to um, next to Thelma. Next to Velma. (laughs) Next to Prime Suspect with Helen Mirren. Oh, yeah. That's a great one. Yeah, that was I love Helen Mirren. Wait, the Avengers? The Avengers. It's a TV show from the 60s. Oh, oh, oh. Before your time. But you not the current t- Avenger. No, 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 oh, no, 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 that no. Yeah, that's a Marvel thing. Yeah, right? yeah. I was like, oh, wow, they have a detective. That's no. great. <laughs> oh, you, you, you'll, you can go look at it online a little bit. You can look at it. But she was, yeah, she was beautiful and smart and funny. And she did karate and she knew how to fence, I think. And she wore these gorgeous 1960s Carnaby Street clothes. And, you know, she was just extra cool. Sure. Um, I went through my entire Goodreads list of books I have read throughout my entire life, and I have no female detective mysteries in it. None, sadly. For shame, for shame. Yeah, I've read mysteries and even ones that have women in it, but I wouldn't necessarily call them detectives. Um, But yes, for shame. But I do love some TV female detectives. So we kind of talked a little bit about some of these. We talked about Temperance Brennan, which is, um, she's on the show Bones, which is based on the Kathy Reich series, which is also, Mm -hmm. I think, called Bones or something of Bones. They all have Mm -hmm. bone in their name. And I want to read those because the TV show was so, well, okay, when I say good, the act, you know, it's, it's like a CBS show or one of those shows. It's good in the sense that I like the, the mystery aspect of it. Um, and she's just so smart. I love watching a smart woman on television or reading about a smart woman. It's just, it makes me so happy. Oh, wait. So let me go back. I, I have read te- female detective books. Of course, I've read the Nancy Drew books. I mean, that's, you know, and I actually reread them in college because one of my college roommates did her whole entire thesis on Nancy Drew and just how Nancy Drew affected her, her life and how she always wanted to be like a little detective when she grew up. Shout out to Sam. If you listen to my podcast, I don't know if you do, but yeah, those were so good. And you know what, Rosemary? I also, I think there's like two or three of them I haven't read Mm -hmm. that I can't really find. I mean, I'd have to, I'd have to figure it out, but I feel like before before I leave this earth, I have to read <laughs> every go. single one. Find Nancy. Find, <laughs> yes, the world find is Nancy Drew. Yeah. And so the one thing I also, okay, two more people I want to talk about. Number one, Olivia Benson. She is a female detective on Special Victims Unit. I love her. I love that the show kept going even after the main male character left. She's amazing. She's an advocate for women. She's an advocate for children. I just love her character on TV. And I don't know if you guys recently watched, they put out a movie called Enola Holmes on Netflix, which is basically, it takes place, it has the girl from Stranger Things in it, but it's about Sherlock Holmes's younger sister. And Sherlock Holmes is a character in the movie, but it's mainly about her and how um, she lives with her mother and her mother disappears. And so she sets off on her own to go find her mother instead of doing, you know, the 
thing that she's supposed to do, which is like go to boarding school or something like that. Like Sherlock tries to send her to boarding school and say, you know, you're going to be a woman and a lady of society. And instead she runs away and goes on all these adventures in London trying to find her mother. And there's like secret society stuff in it. And there's a lot of stuff about what was going on at the time, like rights for women and rights for people of color. So that's a really interesting one. I'm assuming it takes place in like the late 1800s. I think that's like what the Sherlock Holmes universe is but that was a really cute movie and I would I would suggest people watch that like I said I think it's on Netflix that's all I have that's 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 my knowledge the extent of my extent of my knowledge on female detectives so yeah also I don't really yeah same thing uh, my mom tried to get me to be Nancy Drew but because my mom suggested it I was not gonna be <laughs> Nancy Drew so I never did <laughs> but I have a bunch of them in my house I just never picked it up but I was really into babysitters club when I was a kid so I, they had a mystery spinoff of the series and they had, um, I'm just going to read some of the titles because they're fun. <laughs> there is Mallory and the Ghost Cat. Um, <laughs> and yeah, the Library Mystery. Stacy and the Mystery at the Mall. Abby and the Secret Society, which that was, I think, my favorite one. And then they also had Super Mysteries where they had all the characters come together and solve a crime because that happens. Ma- Babysitter's Haunted House where they they go on a trip and there's a ghost and that's the whole thing and then babysitters beware where they uh some guy stalking them because just want to stalk 13 year old babysitters and they have to solve the crime so stuff like that it was like a really uh, it was like 1986 i think it ran until maybe the late 90s and then i think it's coming up again because the tv series which is really good by the way on netflix that they reissued a bunch of the books i don't think the mysteries are, are out again but definitely i recommend checking them out because they're just fun they were like a big like same thing with the Nancy Drew it was a big part of my um my childhood was those books. Mm-hmm. But other than that, yeah, I don't I read some mysteries, but not specifically um women detective ones, unfortunately. They sound pretty cool. I might check out a couple of the ones we've mentioned so far. Mm-hmm. But just one mystery book I like is The Forgotten God Garden, which is by um Kate Morton. And it's about a mystery of a four-year-old child who's abandoned in Australia in nineteen thirteen and the mystery mm-hmm. of figuring out what their who their parents are. That one's really good. And then TV show wise. It's not really not only detectives, but they do solve a mystery. The Pretty Little Liars that was on a couple years back. It ends up getting pretty ridiculous. But <laughs> the first couple seasons was kind of fun because the mystery is that one of their friends was murdered and they're trying to figure out what happened. And then there's this uh, mysterious A who's stalking them and trying to divulge all their secrets and they're trying to figure out where it is. And then it ends up being a whole like ridiculous thing. But for a while, it was pretty good. But I did ask Mike again to give me a list of all the top mysteries that have been going out. So the top new mysteries that went out last year was All the Devils Are Here by Louise Penny, which is about mm-hmm. um, Chief Inspector Amand Gamache, I'm not sure if I'm saying it right, who's investigating mm-hmm. a crime in Quebec. Mm-hmm. And then Fortune and Glory, the Tantalizing 27 by Janet Ivanovich, which is I think the 27th novel in the Stephanie Plum or Plum series. Plum. Plum, sorry. I think that was, wasn't that a movie with Catherine Heigl? That wasn't mm-hmm. that great. A while yes. Back. Um, and the guest list by Lucy Foley, which is about um, like a party, like one of those like party, and then someone gets murdered and chaos ensues. Um, I've been top- to read that one myself, actually. It sounds yeah. good. Yeah. Summary is pretty cool. Yeah. And then the top three regular myths, the twenty-eight day mysteries are um, Long Range, a Joe Pickett novel by C.J. Box, which is um. Joe Pickett's in Wyoming and he's trying to investigate a murder. 
and then Coconut Layer Cake Murder by Joanne mm-hmm. Fluke. It sounds like one of the uh, cozy mysteries. A cozy, yes. Yeah. Uh, bakery owner is uh, trying to solve a murder in Minnesota. And then the Museum of Desire by Jonathan Kellerman, which is a, a psychologist is trying to figure out what happened to it during a massacre. Yeah, my my daughter was really into the Pretty Little Liars book series. I don't know if she ever watched the show, but she was into that for a while, like a year ago. And I think Joanna Fluke has a new book out. I think it's called Chocolate Cheesecake Mystery or <laughs> something like that. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of them. Yes. <laughs> Um, I just did want to mention one more of our new books that we have here in the library, which has, uh, in my experience, the funniest name of a mystery that I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. It's called Olive Bright Pigeoneer. <laughs> and it's a World War II era book, which takes place in the village of Pipley. So this young woman apparently uses her pigeons to communicate to the armed forces or something, but... I just, that cracked me up. One day I want someone who knows about these things to explain to me why pigeons can deliver messages. (laughs) They always go, because they always go home. They always come home. So they send them back and forth. So if you were to send a pigeon to someone and then they would give you their little message on the pigeon's leg and then the pigeon would fly back to you and give you the message. But how does the pigeon know where to go? I don't know. (laughs) It's okay. That's a topic for another. That's a pigeon thing. That's another podcast. I I have to say, in general, I'm not a fan of pigeons. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, they're the pigeon. They're they're Um, every. They get a bad rap because they're everywhere. They're actually doves. So we love doves. Yes, they're a type of dove. Much nicer when they're white doves, but they're still pigeons. Oh. Wow. There's there and there are people who are this is going to continuing with this uh, off topic thing. There are people in the city who um, keep pigeons and train them. So maybe if we could find find one of them to come on the podcast, they could explain because <laughs> it is pretty extraordinary. Yeah, I have one more like thing I want to ask you, Paula. Just like in the vein of the fact that it's Women's History Month. And you work in circulation, so you might know, I mean, I also used to work in circulation, but I don't know the answer to this. Do you find that more women check out these women detective novels than men? That's a very good question. I hadn't particularly noticed that. I would say off the top of my head, most likely that would be the case Mm -hmm. because of what we've talked about, that women like to see other women who are strong and smart and successful. I don't think uh, guys are, you know, that discriminating. But yeah, I hadn't really noticed one way or the other if that's the case. Yeah, like I remember a few years ago when J.K. Rowling, she wrote, because like she wrote that, what is it, the Silkworm mm-hmm. series? So Robert, she wrote it, she wrote somebody. it under another name, Gal Galbraith or something. And yeah, those are Robert mystery Galbraith, books. yeah. Are, are they mysteries or I remember like... Um, yeah. I think so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And you know, like she she chose to have the pen. I mean, I understand her choosing to have a pen name because she's so famous, and you know. But I, it was interesting to me that she chose a man's name, mm-hmm. and she's writing. And I think the book is is from the point of view of a man, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so many of them do that. If you look, you'll see so many who just use their initials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're That's not true. identified as female. 
Right. D.D. James, V.I. Warshawski, you know, what all the other, uh, oh, that's the character, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there's there's many of them that just use their initials mm-hmm. uh, or they use a, a male uh, pseudonym. I guess like men don't really write about women that much or as much as, which I'll never understand. I don't know. You have to smash the patriarchy. I won't be first. here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Paula mentioned Margot Mifflin earlier on. And since this podcast will be out in time, I'd like to make a plug for our program uh, with local author Margot Mifflin, who wrote, among other things, Looking for Miss America. And that will be on March 30th at 7 p.m. There are signed copies of her that book available to purchase at Pickwick Bookshop in town and also the editor, which is on further north on Broadway. I don't know the exact number of the the shop but it's as you're well it's not too far from village hall also really cool store and april is national poetry month and please stay tuned for news about a village-wide poetry walk we're organizing with the help from the chamber of commerce and nyack merchants united and we're also having a virtual poetry readout on april 29th via zoom Uh, please register for it at our events calendar and if you are interested in reading you need to register, but you also need to email programs at nyaclibrary.org to reserve a five-minute reading spot. And that's always fun every year. Yeah, yeah it is fun. There's a lot of writers in town. I hope so. <laughs> I think it will. I think it will. I'm feeling much more positive about it today. And then next time we're having um, Belinda Cash, who's one of our, our reference librarians. She's going to talk about, I believe, just generally gardening. I'm not sure if it's gardening. anything more specific, but be fun. And she'll probably also talk about the seed exchange too, which she's handling, I think now. Uh, So please uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and our at Nyack Library, facebook.com backward slash Nyack Library, nyacklibrary.org is our website, and YouTube, our channel is called Nyack Library from Home. And if you have any general questions, please email info at nyacklibrary.org. And we are open for um, browse and borrow. Just make an appointment by calling extension 214, or you can do it yourself through our website. I'm Tracy. I'm Rosemary. And I'm Georgia. Thank you again, Paula, for joining us. And thank you to everyone for listening to episode six of Paper Cut. We have six episodes now, which I think is really Cool. I can't wait till we get to 10. We'll have to do something special for yes, number 10. We will. Definitely. Yeah, I was thinking that we should do like a <laughs> cake. Yeah, ladies. It was <laughs> fun. Thank you, Paula. We're awesome. awesome.